Join the big show Thursday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Question of the morning. Jazz start the playoffs today. The Nuggets, 1130. What are your predictions for the Jazz in the NBA postseason? Salty Jazz fan. Aaron says, Conley's slow and old. He wouldn't have mattered anyway. Nuggets in four or five. Jazz are <laughs> mentally weak. Weakest in the league besides the Pelicans. <laughs> really? Jazz fan is very salty. Conley is slow and old. Conley making $32 million a year. Wow. I think his last 20 games, he's, I think the last 20 games, he's been the Mike Conley they thought they were getting when they got him. And I know it's been a talking point all year long, and I, I get why. I was actually trading texts with Dan Sheldon go, uh, yesterday about, hey, what about this storyline? And why is everybody? And so I went through and he looked up some of the numbers. He's like, yeah. He's Mike Conley again, you know, and there was probably, a, a, you know, a transition adapting and fitting in and he was less than his best and obviously he was hurt and it didn't help that they hit the soft spot in the schedule then and went 19 and two, beating a lot of teams from the bottom half of the league. You mean it didn't help? You went yeah, 19 two. How did that not help? Oh, because it didn't help the perception of, <laughs> of how much he contributes to the team. No, he was oh, just sure in the way, did. you know. It's like, oh, come Absolutely on. it did. It motivated him to make sure when he got back that he played at a much better or much higher level. So absolutely, that was a great stretch because he got to see, and he knows he's a smart dude. Man, they're really going to come down on me big time. So I disagree with that completely. It helped immensely that they went 19-2 and when he wasn't there. I think, they, I think he would have figured it out and played at a high level if they had gone uh... – 19 and 2, was that? 21 games. Well, then it doesn't matter. Then you can't say it didn't help. Okay, fine. So you can't say it didn't help. At worst, it was neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. But it wasn't perceived that way. But it actually was. He was going to figure it out over time. He did. It's a 20 game sample. He's doing largely what he's done his whole career. This is who he is. Yeah, I mean, let's not make Conley out to be this all world player anyway. He never was that. Right. He's a nice player. I don't know that he's worth $32 million, but the system dictated that Memphis gave it to him. I mean, he's a good player, but he's, he's not a world beater by any stretch. Never has been. All of that is true. <clears throat> but he was going to help him in this series, and now he's not going to play. Yeah, I, yeah, those are facts. I agree with both of those statements. He was going to help him, and now he's not going to. Yep, I agree. Yogi says, what's puzzled me is our game is shooting three-pointers. Yet when we have an opportunity to draft a shooter, we look the other way. I think that's because guys who are shooters may not have the athleticism to play in the NBA, but if you find a guy who has the size and the athleticism to play in the NBA, you can teach him to shoot the three-point shot. I think the Jazz believe that. I think a lot of teams believe that. I think that's pretty common. And so I think that's why you see guys who are big-time scorers, big-time shooters in college, people just look at them and say, you know, you're not quite tall enough, you're, you don't have the lateral quickness, whatever, pass. So you're but, white, is that what you're saying? Can be, but I think they'll pass on black guys who don't have the size or don't have the lateral quickness. They are looking for a specific athlete and then... Who wouldn't pass on guys who don't have the and lateral then quickness or the size? They'll teach them to shoot. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, if they would have taught him to shoot, they would have kept Rick, Ricky Rubio. 
some guys can't be taught to shoot, and then you move on. <laughs> you can't like, there. No, it's it's like you you put you put ten guys in, and I don't know what the number is. They probably do know whether you can teach three out of ten, or six out of ten, or nine out of ten. You're not going to teach ten out of ten, you know. But you'll give it a shot. Well, I think really this uh, this you know when when you see the Jazz with three second round draft picks, basically. None of those guys are close to finished products. They got to play in the G League, be two way guys, whatever. But how many shots can they get up? Work on that shot, work on it, work on it, work on it. But if a guy isn't 6'5 in the first place, it'd be six feet. How's he going to defend all the 6'7 guys running around in the NBA? He's not going to. So the 6'6'2 guy. <laughs> yeah. I want players, charts. man. I want players. I want ballers. I want guys who live and breathe it. The guys who are going to give me everything they got and then some. Well, that, that's what I'm looking for. Those are the guys who uh, who will put in the uh, put in the work to get the ten thousand shots up and make themselves into a player. Okay, but then you 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 just told me some guys you can't. Uh, they just aren't going to be good shooters. I mean, you're, you're indicting Rubio, them saying he didn't put in the work. I have no idea what kind of work he put in. I just know he's not a good shooter. He's a quality NBA player in a lot of different ways. Shooting isn't one of them. Uh, but I'm looking for guys who can make plays and win ball games. And I'd, I'd have to look back and see which shooters they didn't take and who was I can't recite off the top of my head oh, there's one without in, looking it up. There's, there's one in particular, I think, uh, was it, uh, I can't remember his first name. He played it, I think he was a Kansas Rush. Was it Kareem Rush? Do you have a brother? Was Kareem, it Kareem Rush? and Brandon. Brandon Rush. And Brandon, yeah. And there was a big deal that the Jazz should draft Kareem Rush and all that and and he was what a smaller he, he was a smaller guy who lit up uh, you know the bottom half of the Jayhawks schedule and not the top and passed they passed on him of course they think they went out and got a guy who had some size and some athletic ability who'd been injured and then Curtis Borcher didn't work out anyway well yeah you can Every GM you can sign the mistakes you, you don't you don't have to go back that's a long time you went back yeah. almost twenty years. I mean, we can, you know, they, they drafted uh, Trey Lyles over Devin Booker. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a few years ago. But at the same time, they stole Mitchell and Gobert. So every dude is going to have hits and every dude, and well, you hope he has hits, but he's certainly going to have misses. That's no question about it. It's just a question of do you have more hits than misses. It's like recruiting. Would Gary Anderson say if you hit on 50%, you're, you're doing well? Uh, you know, you scout these guys a million times over. You're going to have misses. That's just part of the game. It's never not going to be that way. And then you, you regroup and you go on and you just overcome those mistakes. And to a large extent, uh, getting Mitchell overcame not getting Devin Booker. Right? Yep. Who knows if they – you'd want both of them, but who knows if they would have taken Booker, would they have been in the position to get Mitchell? I mean, you just can't say, well, they should have – they would have Mitchell and Booker now if they would have done that, blah, blah, blah. You don't know how that's going to play out how it would have played out if the situation were reversed. But the fact is they've got Mitchell, and that's all that matters, and he's an emerging star, and that's important. And they've got solid, solid pieces. They've got an excellent foundation upon which to build. And they do need to build some more, that's for sure. Even with Conley. I mean, Conley's 32 years old. How long is he going to be able to? I don't think that they looked at Mike Conley as being a long-term solution when they got him. They were looking to win and win now. And that's great. If I'm a fan, I want my team to win and try to win and win now. I get tired of these rebuilding projects, knowing some, sometimes you have to go through them. The Spurs are faced with that right now. 
the Giants in baseball are faced with that. But what you don't want is a 25-year rebuilding project. (laughs) And I'm looking at you, Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? Or Kings after Vladi and those guys left. You know, it's been perpetual forever and ever. And it's like, come and you just run. Who who could possibly name all the coaches of the Bulls and the Kings uh, since their individual glory years? And obviously the Bulls' glory years were way more glorier, which isn't a word, but you like it. (laughs) I do. I like uh, that a lot. Than the Kings, but the Kings, they for their own in their own spectrum, they had their glory years. Well, who could possibly name all the coaches since then? It's been one assembly line of guys after another. So I can't get I can give teams the opportunity to rebuild, but once you start getting to the 15 year mark of rebuilding, I think you've sort of stretched the limits of credibility there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if you're fans of those, it's like how long you pull out you, your hair. How long you been rebuilding? When you when you planning on finishing that thing? Yeah, I know. And fortunately for you jazz fans out there, you haven't had to do that at all. At all. You've gone through rebuilding projects, yes, yeah, but nothing but, close to that. Well, Stock, I mean, after Stockton Malone, it was three trips to the lottery in a row and then back. And I think that, that three- to five-year rebuilding window, you can tolerate that. Uh, the Suns at a decade, uh, that's that's a long time. And, and you're a right. long time. And that's you're right, obviously. Long. The Kings at 15 years, the Bulls at 20 years. The Bulls did have one West, one Eastern Conference final in there. Rose got an Eastern Conference final. The arrow was up. Everybody's excited. He got hurt, and boom, right back into the dumper. Yeah. And you, you, want, you know, you want to stay out of the dumper. That's always been one of my philosophies. That's an excellent Avoid philosophy. Avoid the dumper. Avoid the dumper. <laughs> 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 so you're uh, in the dumper that that's tied to me man I, i'm not more excited without having these guys these two mainstays in the lineup i'm not saying that but i still have an excellent level of excitement for this game this this morning because it just gives you opportunities to constantly evaluate and and mitchell mitchell is still young enough if mitchell was 28 29 like you brought up Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout last week turned 29 years of age. Get on with it, Angels. <laughs> He's no longer the future. Right. <laughs> He's, He's awesome. Now. But you know, it's not that situation here. And, yeah, if I'm Mike Trout, I'm making all this money and I'm playing ball and I'm doing it in Southern California, so life is good. But as far as winning, it's not good. And once again, you know, they sign Rendon – and he's a third baseman. They still can't pitch. You, you want freaking winning, man. And Mitchell is still young enough that you have this evaluation process. You're still you're evaluating your team always, but you're still evaluating Don, Donovan Mitchell because he's not even close to a finished product. Lance says, I predict the Jazz will play at least four games in the playoffs. That's funny, Lance. Yeah. I mean, you really got a future in comedy. Lance is just trying to figure out how to say they're going to get swept without actually saying they're going to get swept. All right, let's go to the phones. Yaku, you got? Kurt checking in from Memphis, Tennessee. Kurt, good morning. I called in several months ago. I want to let you know that Mike Conley's been a clutch performer for us. Every time a shot went up, we thought it was going in. For years. But I got to tell you, we are Utah fans, just like we were Toronto fans last year. And I am very disappointed in your team and what he's done to your team. I apologize as a fan of Mike Conley, and I hope 
that this is not ruining what you have going on in the playoffs because we are all pulling for Mr. Tennessee. Well, I don't think it's going to ruin what was going on in the playoffs because I think Jazz fans had lowered their expectations dramatically when they found out Bogdanovich was going to have wrist surgery. So I think now it's uh, do the best you can to figure out whatever you can that helps to make you better next year because this year isn't going very far. I guess we can debate on how far it's going, but it's not going very far. Thanks for the call. Memphis, Tennessee, check it in, PK. I just like the accent there. <laughs> he did call in. I do remember. They, they're, they're following Conley and Gasol. Those are their guys. And uh, Gasol obviously going to Toronto and, and Conley here. I don't remember the call, but uh, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. If you remembered it, then it did happen. Uh, but, yeah, I thought the accent was cool because I'm sick of that when you're around here if you don't hear somebody. What's that? Drives me nuts. What's that? Come on, man. Where I grew up is, huh? <laughs> don't give me, what's that? <laughs> Just harsh and direct and to the point. Huh? <laughs> I don't have time for a second syllable or an actual word. Right. A grunt yeah. slash exclamation will have to do. Huh? Yeah. Utah accents bug me, man. What's that? And then they use the word clear as if it was a geographical destination. He went clear down to Richfield. <laughs> clear. Instead when, of when all the clear, way. It's when clear. did clear become a, a, a destination? <laughs> I love it when you get irritated by people using words in like the proper darn way. Near. He's a writer. Words are important to him, Yak. He's very specific and precise. He is very precise. I can be when I write, but when I speak, not so much. And it drives him nuts. Fair enough. You Utah people. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my heck. Thanks for attacking my background, PK. Oh, my heck. I do it in love. You people are some of the finest people I know. That's a good, solid dose of <laughs> condescension right there. <laughs> the ultimate backhanded compliment. What? I just said you people are some of the finest people I know. Anytime you start with a you people. I think he's get a bad rap, though, actually. <laughs> Thorough. Yeah, when we get Thurl on next time, remind me to ask him about you people and them folk. He would do that. You people, let you just get to a them folk and get it over with. He used to say that to Pace all the time. Pace would say it to wind Thurl up. Thurl would say it and get a laugh. You people, them folk. Well, if you people, ah! you people got together, we'd have a lot fewer problems in this world. You people, them folk. Ah! What's phrases, <laughs> clear phrases that trigger you. All right, when we come back, Steve Cleveland. You no, know, we had him on last week, and he was talking about just there's such a thin margin of error, right? There's just very little wiggle room for the jazz. <laughs> yeah, right. It is a little. We'll talk with him about that next, and then Kendra Andrews covers the Denver Nuggets for the Athletic coming up at nine o'clock. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Playoff start with the Jazz and the Nuggets. 11.30, the game's on ESPN and AT&T Sportsnet. The Zone's coverage begins at 10.30 with the pregame show. David Locke with a call at 11.30. Mike Conley departing the bubble for the birth of his son in Columbus, Ohio. He will return 
uh, when he will return is currently unknown. Uh, other playoff games today. The Nets and Raptors at 2, the 76ers and the Celtics at 4.30, and the Mavericks Clippers at 7, all those games on ESPN. Pelicans dismissed head coach Alvin Gentry Saturday after five seasons leading the franchise. And Lakers guard Rajon Rondo expected to clear quarantine today after traveling to Orlando. His ability, ability, availability for the playoffs is TBD. Rondo is five weeks removed from fracturing his thumb in practice. You're back to basketball update. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? Her husband. Yeah. Look, he got like 220-pound 8th grade hands. <laughs> Can we not focus room? on that? You're like, hey, Dolores. Hi, Hans. I think it's funny the thought of an 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done <laughs> so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband, Don, liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, (laughs) Don, can I borrow your shaver? (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Time to bring in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, we have spent the last couple days uh, on TV and uh, on the radio talking about uh, you saying the Jazz have very little margin for very little wiggle room. And you said that before they lost Conley. So now we're, we're giggling, wondering if you're going to say, well, it's even thinner or, or if there's just no chance and you're going to take people's hope away. Well, uh, it, it, it certainly doesn't going to make it any easier for them. I mean, it, it, you're losing a significant piece there and at, at both ends of the floor. And, you know, in, in most NBA teams, it's, you know, it's, it's the next man up and you, you got somebody there that, that can step in. But we're talking about the playoffs here. And so you reduce your bench. You, you're, you're giving up basically, you know, 35, 36 points a game with Bogdanovich and Conley out now. Uh it, it, it does hurt. It, it's a significant blow to what's going on. I completely understand. Don't, don't misinterpret me for the fact that the reason why he left, I get it. And, uh, you know, I, I, remember, uh, I remember my wife having a baby. I, I, you know, we all remember the mistakes we made as husbands, <laughs> things we've done. And I, I can still vividly remember my wife having a baby during a very large Christmas term when I was a high school coach. And we were in the championship game, and I, you know, I was with her when when the baby was born, and but it was one of those things that uh, if I probably had to do it over again, I wouldn't have coached that game. <laughs> uh, I, I could tell that uh, uh, my selfishness and just my whole mindset was, you know, about that game and not about my life. And here I am in my, you know, late twenties and having no idea. Uh, about what it meant to be a father and a husband and do the right things. And so that's one of my regrets in my life was not being there for my wife. And I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't there for the 
you know, for the initial birth and, 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 she, and, I, and you know what, I had her full support. She, it wasn't like she was upset, but when I reflect back on things I've done in my life, one of the mistakes I made was just not staying with her. And, uh, uh, that entire time until she felt safe and ready to go. And it was, you know, it probably would only have been a day or so. And, uh, and she would have just, you know, you got to get out of here. You got to go coach. But so I do understand the perspective of going home and being with your wife and, and, and that, because I lived through that and I wish I had made a little better decision and, um, been a little bit more committed husband than I was at the time when I thought that coaching a basketball game uh, was the most important thing I had going on in my life in that day. And that was just dead wrong. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, you know, and, and I suspect that he'll probably come back at some point in time. I, I, I don't know if they're going to, the quarantine will be four days or if it'll, it, you know, they'll, they'll do something different, but uh, it puts the onus on Clarkson to step up and, you know, he's got to be a 20 a night guy game, you know, and I don't know now if you uh, end up starting Clarkson and or if you uh, continue to bring him off the bench. But uh, you got to you got to make baskets, man. I mean, I, and obviously we all we hear all the time, but I think the NBA is a little different. Defense wins championships. I think that may be true uh, at, at, at the collegiate and high school level. But in the NBA, with the short shot clock and the talent, you got to make baskets, and you, and, and you can't make enough of them because. The talent is so amazing, uh, but this team is down a bit, you know, in terms of scoring right now, and they're going to have to find a way to, uh, to to get the thing in a basket. And I, I'm not sure exactly who that's going to be. I know who the people, I know who all the players are who will be called to do it. It's just who's been able to do it consistently. Joe Ingles needs to really start looking for shots, and you know, he's been a distributor, but he has to take a larger role. And, and certainly Royce O'Neal needs to take a large – and these are all guys that have had 25-point 20, nights. But it, to do it consistently in a seven-game series against a really, really good Denver team, uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. Not, not that it can't be done. Certainly it can be done. But it, it makes the process that much more difficult losing Conley. Okay, so you weren't there for your wife. Did you at least win the ball game? <laughs> Uh, no, we didn't. We lost the championship of that tournament, and uh, it, it was it was a great tournament. And uh, we weren't the favorite team or anything. It was when I was a younger coach, but uh, no, and you know, we could the three of us could probably spend hours talking about all the dumb things we did as husbands. <laughs> oh, only hours? I was going to say, not me. I got days and weeks. Days, weeks, months, you name it. Uh, I have no clue what I was doing. But, you know, it, it, it was, uh, unfortunately, it, it is what it is. And, and uh, I love my wife and I love my kids. And thank goodness there were no complications. And so, anyway, yeah, you got you to gotta do those things. It's, it's the most important thing in your life. And hopefully he gets back quick because they need him. And with him, well, and with him they can, you know, they can, you know a, lot, a big part of this thing, too, is, you know, where does Denver stand? And, are, you know, is Harris going to be playing? Uh, you know, is Barton going to be playing? Are they out? I haven't heard. I don't know. Maybe you have more up-to-date information. But those two guys are a pretty big key to them as well. <clears throat> that Their health is a gray area, and I think uh, there's so little media inside the bubble. What is normally a pretty well-kept secret anyway is now a very well-kept mm-hmm. secret. Well, 
you know, th- those two those two guys make they give Denver more depth, and and I you know I'm looking at Denver, and I think the biggest story is is probably Michael Porter Jr., who you know I think had at least three thirty point efforts, and you know he's playing to the the guy that everybody thought he would be, and Bo Bo has stepped up and given him pretty good minutes, so you know it's it, it, Denver's hard to play anyway when you when you have a when you have a big that can pass and shoot and dribble and. He's so you know Jokic is so keen with the ball, but they're they're kind of looking for a third scorer as well. So uh, it may, you know maybe with uh, Denver being down personnel wise, um, you know I started looking at some of the statistics and things, just looking at this game and uh, versus Utah. And Jokic is averaging like twenty nine and nine, Murray twenty seven and six, uh, Barton I think about eighteen, uh, Jeremy Grant eighteen. You know, uh, Michael Porter, 17. So, you know, they've got guys that can score. They've certainly got a system that's unique. Um, and But I, I do think it's a game where you kind of have to force them to shoot threes. I mean, they're so clever with, you know, all kind of that, what I would call Princeton action. And with all the back cuts and, and, and then Jokic is just a beast inside. So, it, they, you know, it's going to be a great series. It's going to be a great series, but you you have to think that if Conley doesn't come back, uh, the the Jazz have their hands full. What do you want to see out of Mitchell in this circumstance? Because I'm real intrigued to see what he can do. You know, I I, I think this kind of gives him a green light to to really be aggressive with the ball. It doesn't mean he's necessarily going to shoot it. But to really create and to shoot it, but I mean that that coaching staff has to you know have that conversation with him. Listen, don't you don't have to do do too much here. You, you can help this team as much by helping other guys. But I think at the end of shot clock, that I think at, you know key points in the game. I think everybody knows the ball has to be in his hands. And I know this that, that Clarkson is not afraid of those moments. I really like him. And uh, and he and he could be the story of the series if Conley's out for two or three games. Uh, I, I think that uh, he's going to be. Re- it's not like he hasn't been relied upon already, but he, he is somebody that is capable of scoring 25 a night. And uh, so it's going to be up to Donovan Mitchell to have that kind of mindset that says, you know, he can't take the attitude. I'm going to do this. I, I can carry this. He can't carry this team by himself. What he can do is make everybody else better around him. And if he does that, then they have a chance to win this series. And so he'll, he'll pick and choose his points and times and circumstances. And when it's time to make big baskets and create off the dribble when the shot clock's running down, he needs to be a guy taking that shot. Make, make or miss, he needs to be taking that shot. But it's easier and more – you're more confident when you know that already, when the, that the coaches and players and, you know, this isn't a team – we talked about this before. This is not a team that has uh, – any kind of issues with, within the within the locker room. This is a good locker room. These are great people, and uh, it's just a matter of you know Joe Ingles being a guy that is aggressive and can knock shots down. And you can't get, take people too much out of what their roles are already, and expect them just to change. And and it'll make it work. We'll make Joe. We'll have Joe Ingles shoot you know twenty five. We'll have him take twenty shots a game now, and he'll shoot more threes. That's fine. You know, but but I think they have to find a balance here, and Donovan Mitchell is going to be the guy asked to do that. He just he can't get caught up in trying to do too much too early, uh, because uh, again, if it's, it'll be more difficult if Gary Harris and Will Barton are there uh, on Mitchell, and uh, so 
I, I, I think Donovan Mitchell's plenty prepared for this moment and is not afraid of it. He's, he's very confident. We saw that in, in a couple of the games uh, during the bubble. And uh, so, but yeah, what a great opportunity. And you, you know how guys are. I mean, one man down, guys step up, people play, you get more contributions. You know, you want that same attitude and that same dynamic when everyone's there, where everybody, you know, everything's on the line. But oftentimes when, uh, you know, good players go down, guys step up and, and make a difference. And uh, there's, you know, there's hardly any preparation time now. They're just playing games. So they get into a mode here where they can make baskets and they get confident with themselves, especially with that three ball. Uh, it, it'll make all the difference in the world. So, Steve, one of the uh, Steve Cleveland joining us here. One of the things that has been a big storyline with the Jazz playing the Rockets the last couple of years is the Rockets switch everything, and it really gummed up the Jazz pick and roll game. And now you get the Nuggets, and uh, I think everyone believes the Nuggets will not switch everything because they want Torrey Craig defending Donovan Mitchell. And right. they don't want to switch and, and give the Jazz a break and get rid of that matchup. On the other hand, that means other guys are going to stay matched up as well. So is there a chance now for the Jazz to pick on the poorest defender on the floor in their best matchup? And obviously they don't have Conley to help exploit that. You know, that'll cut down on the advantage that might be built in. But do you think that they can just – it doesn't matter who everybody is because you're only as strong as your weakest link. Can they find a weak link and pick on it? Because they haven't been able to do that against the Rockets with the Rockets switching everything. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and you know what? You, you play so many games where people aren't playing you that way. You know, and, 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 and the Rockets have done that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're playing small ball and – you, you, you'll, you don't get in an advantage by slipping or, you know, curling a cut or whatever. I mean, they're, they're just flat out switching everything. And that can be difficult. And sometimes what happens is when people are switching everything, it, guys start getting in the mode of, okay, we're gonna, they, they tend to stand more. Instead of move more, they stand more and they try to create, you know, off, just off the dribble or in, in, in movement rather than in ball screens. And so I, I think for the Jazz – they just have to make that adjustment, and I and I think the adjustment playing Denver is going to be easier for them than playing the Rockets. I mean, I, I know I've as a college coach, I tried to always put a lineup on the floor where we could at least switch one to four, and uh, and at times during the game one to five, depending on the circumstances. And of course, that meant going small. And I think most coaches like to do that, especially when the game's on the line that it takes all the options away. You know, it, it's not a matter. You're not going to get beat on a slip. You're not going to get beat on a curl. You're not going to get beat on a back door because we already know going in what's going to happen. And, uh, and, you know, at times you might give up more uncontested shots, you know, guys that step away because of the switch. But uh, that, that works on your mind when you have an offense that you have done everything the whole year this way and then all of a sudden you get in the biggest moment of the year in the playoffs, and then you have to do things differently and make adjustments. Well, the Jazz aren't going to have to do that playing Denver. And so I think there, there will be opportunities. I think there will be situations where they can expose players. And I, and I think we have to be careful sometimes where we, you know, the game plan is focused around, you know, taking advantage of, of, of Jokic and his inability to do this or taking advantage of, uh, you know, depending on whoever's in the game, you know, Michael Porter Jr. taking advantage of him because he's a weak league defensively. 
you start getting out of the realm of, of, of who you are and focusing on those individual things. And sometimes it can be disruptive too, but I, you know, they'll have four or five or six sets coming out of timeouts, uh, coming out of the quarter breaks, whatever, where they'll, you'll see opportunities in dead ball situations where they will try to expose people. And, uh, and if it works early, they'll stay with it. And of course, every good coach makes adjustments, but I, yeah, I, there's no question in my mind that mentally and emotionally, the Jazz have to be feeling much better about playing Denver because that's one thing with, you know, the last two years, it's, it's been kind of a, well, it's been the biggest challenge for them. They haven't been able to overcome that. And again, too, it, it's, they don't have the, the personnel. There's not a lot of guys that are beating people off the dribble. You know, I mean, Donovan Mitchell can get places and create, and, and Conley can do that too. Not like he could when he was younger, but in this situation, the, that that's not as important. And so, yeah, I, I, I think for them emotionally and mentally, that playing Denver is a better fit for the Jazz. And uh, and again, I mean, Denver if if Guys aren't there. Harrison Barton and some of their more athletic guys aren't there. They're not as good defensively either. Uh, but they're certainly capable of scoring a lot of baskets. So take advantage of, uh, of injuries, take advantage of mismatches, and take advantage of the fact that you, know, you are going to have circumstances in this game where you have an advantage with the ball where they're not switching everything. So, yeah, I, I think all of those things are going to take place. And they've got a great coaching staff. They'll they'll seek out. They'd want these guys have watched so much film. They're sick of watching film. So uh, that is an advantage for the Jazz in terms of matchups and mismatches. Steve, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, and and hopefully the series yeah. will still be going. It'll be fun to uh, to watch a lot of basketball this week. We, we we've been missing it, so it's going to be great. I never thought that basketball in the bubble could be as good as it is, but uh, man. Kudos to the NBA and how they pulled this thing off. Thank goodness, huh? Absolutely. Tired of this bubble. <laughs> tired of uh, tired of the COVID. You know, it's, it's nice to see that again. Basketball and golf on. It, it's it's a good thing. We got two of my favorite things to watch, <laughs> and uh, so I've got a little more to do in my time now. <laughs> Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us every week right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Coming up next, Kendra Andrews covers the Denver Nuggets for the Athletic. Get the lowdown. Maybe get get Kendra's take on uh, Harris and Barton, and are they going to play or not? That's next. Stay with us. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Here's the turn. The 3-2 pitch is swung on a high fly ball. Left field, Yastrzemski back at the track to the wall. He'll watch it fly. And they've done it again in the ninth inning. Do you believe it? Uncanny. Back-to-back games. The A's have gotten up off the deck in the ninth, and now they take the lead. A three-run home run. 7-6 A's over the Giants. 
There's your Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 4.50. The A's win in Friday with the Grand Slam. Saturday with the three-run shot. Both very dramatic. And then Sunday, no drama at all. They get the sweep. They just pound the Giants on Sunday. But the Saturday night shot, that is the play you got to know today at 4.50. All right, PK, aside from the A's drama, now to the NBA. What do people expect out of the Jazz and the Nuggets? What are their expectations as we uh, and their predictions as we head into <laughs> as we head into the playoffs with the Jazz playing the first playoff game in the bubble? And uh, G Highland tweets this: <laughs> "Who cares? Little League football is starting up. <laughs> little League football, huh? BK, how do you yeah. know the name of the coach at a Little League football game?" You just look at the quarterback's last name on his jersey. There it is. <laughs> Best advice ever. I got that from a lady. She <laughs> figured that out, huh? That was a funny line. She said it to me. Actually, she said it to me 10 years ago. It was funny then, and it's funny today. Yep. True then and true today. Uh, yeah. Little League football. It's, a, it's, a, it's important at the time, that's for sure. So asking uh, for your predictions here as we head in, uh, Spencer says it would be the most jazz thing ever to make the Western Conference Finals and then lose to the Lakers. <laughs> I'd take it. Right? Sign off on that right now. I think yeah. Quinn Snyder and uh, Dennis Lindsay would sign off on that in a heartbeat. Jay-Z's in the bubble. He'd sign off on it too. You'd have Conley back by yeah. then. Yeah, I think everyone's trying to figure out with Conley, the assumption is he's going to miss two games for sure. I think he's probably going to miss the third game. He might be back for the fourth one. Well, whatever, man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nothing nothing can we can about it. Nothing we control at this point, right? Yeah. And so. we just heard from Steve Cleveland, like, yeah, don't mess that up. The basketball seemed important to Steve at the time. And then, uh-oh. Yeah, but at the same time, if, he, if Mike chose to stay, I don't know that I would have criticism there. Uh, yeah, you probably don't want to jump in and tell somebody what to do in that situation. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be one, right? Just like, whatever, dude. Whatever. You think. I mean, what happens when you're in the military? Whatever you think you got to do. Do you get to go home in those situations? I have, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it depended on uh, who you were and where you were. You know, it'd yeah. be one thing if you were on the other side of the world. It'd be, yeah. it'd be other thing if, you're, if you were, you know... On a domestic base, and your wife was on base, maybe it'd be different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just threw that out there. I don't, I don't know how it works. I've never been in a situation where my wife has given birth, so I have no idea about any of this stuff. But I'm just saying, if he chose to say, it's not like I would think any less of him. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. I mean, it's such a personal, personal I've never been decision, in that situation, just, so I don't know. Yeah, just let them decide whatever they decide and yeah. get on with it. Right, yeah. No, no matter what the decision is. Yeah, you just have to have to go on either way, whatever whatever the circumstances are. Father Anarchy tweets at us <laughs> of all the handles. Father Anarchy, is that your burner account, Yock? Are you Father Anarchy? You know me. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I, I know there was. A, I, I love lawlessness. <laughs> there was a guy who texted or tweeted at us this morning and said, "PK sounds what's wrong? PK sounds so grumpy this morning." I texted him back, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted him back, I guess. Uh, what are your predictions for the Jazz in the playoffs? And Father Anarchy says, we'll start making plans for next season. 
Yeah, I think you're always making plans for next season. That's what I'm talking about is that stuff never ends. But now, you know, you have to look at situations, and you can view them negatively. I understand that. Uh, and, and not having two starters is, is a negative situation. But at the same time, there's positives that can come from it. And they've got this opportunity now. I'm wondering what they'll do. You know, obviously Niang seems like he'd get more time. I'm wondering what Quinn Snyder does. Does he go with, uh, is it uh, Aoni? Does he go with Tucker? Does, oh, Morgan? Or does he just decide, I'm just going to give all these guys a, a chance here, and whoever has the hot hand, or the hotter hand, if no one has a hot hand, but has this playing better, I'm going to go with that. Or does he have something in mind like, I'm going to have a set rotation. One or two guys now have moved in. Or does he look at the rest of that bench that hasn't played much, thinking, all right, guys, whoever emerges, you're my guy? I would think it's more of that. I think that he used those last couple games to decide who he wants to go to first. So in my mind, the question is, how much of a chance does somebody get? You know, if you go in and and you have five minutes and you're just kind of okay, you know, it's easy if you go in for five minutes and you're just a disaster. You know, you get beat, you give up dunks, and you're turning the ball over the other end. Well, he's on to the next guy. You made it easy for him. And if you're Ding somebody up and you hit the open shot or two that you get, okay, so you keep the spot. But when you're in that gray area, how patient is he with you and how much does he move on to see if he can find a hotter hand? And right. does, that, does that depend on how the game is going? And, it, you know, I think that he and the staff because I think that they analyze and possibly overanalyze everything, but certainly analyze everything. I don't think that stuff is left to luck, but at some point, it is just kind of a gut decision, you know, because it is it is such a gray area. Some things just aren't that clear. To me, the thing is, um, does he go with Moutier, who's got a little more experience and gives him a little more ball handling, but can't shoot and isn't as big and isn't as physical a presence at the other end of the floor? Or does he go with uh, you know, the, the since we're in positionless basketball now, they're all just referred to as 3 and D guys, right? The, you go with one of these young guys and say, we need a little more size. I don't care about the ball handling. I'm giving the ball to Joe and Donovan. You know, I, I think the Jazz are going to have good stretches in this game. But the thing I think that all Jazz fans should worry is there. It, it's always a game of runs. There's always going to be a cold stretch, right? If, I mean, if you're Jordan's Bulls, you had cold stretches. Shaq and Kobe had. LeBron has cold stretches, but when you have one of those, and you have less experienced guys on the floor, how do you minimize those and how do you get out of them? Or is that where the game just gets away from you? You know, there are going to be stretches where they look good. There are going to be stretches where they look bad. But I think when you're this, um, I think I think they're going to go with the three and D guys over Moutier. Moutier may get a shot, and if he's great, but I, I I think they're going to go with a little more size and a little more defensive presence and a little more three point shooting. That's what I think they're going to do. But that puts an experience out there, and man, you 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 can give up a twelve two run in a heartbeat to the Nuggets. You know that they can score it. So. All right, DJ and PK, here we go. A reminder, join the big show. Thursday, 2 to 7 at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Coming up next, Kendra Andrews covers the Denver Nuggets for the Athletic. We'll talk playoffs with Kendra. Stay with us.